Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are Well, I have to gather my mind here as I was sitting next to Tito. I saw he had a what he calls his phone, and I was kind of like in shock. Uh, so my mind is all over the place. I haven't seen one of those since I don't know when, Tito, but praise the Lord. This is the kind of guy you are, man. I love that. It's good to be home. Uh, your pastors are, are uh, celebrating their anniversary. What's that for? No idea? Well, I just, just wanted to see, see if you guys, if I think you guys are sleeping, I'm just going to go like that. That's good. It's good to be home. Uh, your pastors are, are uh, celebrating their anniversary, um, and uh, it's good for them. How many people can say amen to that? It's good for them, amen. And, um, of course, uh, they don't have to ask me twice to come and share, and I'm happy to be here this, this morning. Your other church sends greeting, and that's the way Miami. We uh, send their greeting, and I'm ready to dive into the Word of God. If you're ready to dive into the Word of God, can I hear an amen this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all that you've already done in your house. We thank you for all the individuals that are here this morning and those that are watching us online. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bring a word, O God, that not only do we hear it, O God, but that we can apply it and it can produce much life. Father, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name, and together we all say amen. So for those people that are taking down notes, today's title is Go See the Prophet. That's the title. We'll be talking a little bit about mentioning a little bit uh, vulnerability, weaknesses, and failures. Um, but our main, main, main uh, topic that we'll be talking about is encounter. And I'm going to read the definition here real quickly so that we can all be on the same page. Encounter. To be faced with an unexpected, unforeseen, and surprising experience. I think that as individuals in this world... We cannot prevent the fact that we will encounter things. We will encounter things because of our actions, or we will encounter things because of other people's actions. Or we will receive an encounter because of COVID. That's right, COVID just brings encounter. That it just happened. But first and foremost, as we talk about encounter, I want to talk about what is the driving force of encounter. What what allows us to encounter God is the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit within us that is driving us towards the Father so that we can encounter the Father. Amen? That is the number one thing when we try to dis- just explain encounter. Like you, you, can't in- you can't force it yourself. There's nothing physical about it. An encounter with God is led by the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. You can't clap yourself into an encounter. You can't scream yourself into an encounter. You can't attendance yourself into an encounter. But the only way you can come into an encounter is through the Holy Spirit that dwells within you and drives you to the Father. And that's how we experience that. So as you encounter God, there are two ways we encounter God. And I hope you're taking down notes because as we, I set you up with the introduction, we're just going to fly right into the message, Okay. Um, as we encounter God, right, there, there are certain things that, there's aspects, certain things about encountering God. What are those two things? Number one, we encounter God in a spiritual manner. How many people can say amen to that? Yeah. 
That's a great thing. But here's the thing. We also experience God in a practical form. So those are the two things. We encounter God spiritually and we encounter God physically. Now, which of the two does not matter because God is behind all things and God is working through both of them. But I just want to talk a little bit about both of these because it's very important as we dive into the second book of Kings chapter 5. Very important to understand that when we talk about how we encounter God spiritually and physically, first and foremost, you can't remove one or the other. We cannot be people who experience God only in the spiritual and you remove the physical because that will make you weird. You will be a person that will not be relevant. People won't understand you. For the smallest of things, you're blaming the devil. And for the greatest of things, you're on your knees praising the Lord. But listen, listen. Just a normal thing. I'm not talking about like when we come to church. I'm talking about when we remove all practicality and we're just so spiritual that you just can't be spoken to. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? Where you go the other way when they're coming because you know it's just going to be a long one and, and you just want to, oh, whatever. And then there's encounters practical, like a practical encounter with God. And, and like I said, you can't remove the spiritual aspect. You cannot remove, okay? You cannot remove the practical either, okay? So if you do remove the spiritual from the practical, then, then it shows that you have a, a very shallow relationship with the Lord and your intimacy is missing. So you need the physical. I mean, you, you just need a physical touch from the Lord. You need an emotional touch from the Lord. You just need a touch from the Father, Amen. And we need it in both ways, physically, amen, we need it spiritually, we need it practically, we need the Father to touch our lives. Can you say amen this morning? All right, so we're going to dive into the message this morning. We're going to look at Naaman, an individual that was encountered by God. He was encountered by God in a drastic manner. As you see his life, his life was encountered by the Father through exposure, exposure, that means that something was brought out that wanted to be kept secret. How many people have ever been exposed by the Lord? When you're in a service and all of a sudden you forgot you even did something and God just comes and says, remember what you said? Husbands, when you go back in the middle of the night and you shake your wife and you say, hey, I just want to tell you something. It was wrong of me to. Or maybe you go to your children's room and you're, you, you, you go before them as they're sleeping, you pray over them, and you ask the Lord to forgive you for the things that you said. That's real. When you're exposed, those are great encounters. They're glorious ones. It silences the room just like this. So I don't have it, so I'm going to need you, Rudy, and thank you very much for all that you've done so far and in faith for what you're going to do in the future. Praise the Lord for you. Can we give him a clap offering this morning? So we're going to start off in the second book of Kings, chapter 5, verse 1. And I'm just going to I have, a, I have a, an area here where I can move freely. Yep, there we go. And uh, we're going to read this. It says, now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great. Somebody shout great. great. Not only was he great, but the Bible says that he was an honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him... The Lord had given victory to Syria. That was against God's people. God gave the enemy the ability to overcome and beat his own people. 
because he wanted to get their attention. God's ways are crazy, I'm telling you this morning. And it says he was also a mighty man of valor. I mean, this is a great resume. How many people can say amen to that? But there's a next, the next word is what? What does it say after that? But. Let's just stop at but. Here this morning, I, I want you to understand that he was a commander of the army, but. He was a great man, but. He was a man of valor, but. I want to just inject you this morning with encouragement so that you can understand something. And I'm not trying to be emotional and I'm not hyping you up. But I am going to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. When the work of the Holy Spirit is functioning in your life, you could be a man of valor. You could be a great man of, of, of battle spiritually. I mean, when the Spirit of God is upon you, you could be these things. I'm trying to tell you here today that there are moments that you are going to be strong and there will be moments that you will not be strong. But to remove the moments that you are strong removes the glory and the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So many times we don't recognize how great of a people we are when we allow the Spirit of God to flow through us. And it's not about us. But it's about the force of the Holy Spirit within us that drives us to be the people that God intends us to be. The people of power and might. The people when we speak, things change. The people that when we talk and we walk, things change. Like people that are in, like inspired and driven by the Holy Spirit people. Those people are people of valor, people of strength. I'm telling you here today that there are mountaintop experiences. There's a but. Because we're human. And, and, and I just want to kind of like give an example here. If I were to ask you to just think about somebody you really know. Somebody you really know well. And I want you to just tell me who they are. Talk to me about them. I can guarantee by the middle of your sentence or the way you're explaining yourself you will run out of things that are positive. And then the but is coming. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? We all have them. Now, I'm not talking about anatomy. I'm talking definitely about what we spoke about, which is vulnerability, weaknesses, and failures. We all have them. We all have buts. I told Pastor Javi when I shared this message, we should have a, a series of the biggest buts of the Bible because there's so many times where it says, but God did this, and but Jesus said this, and then, but it, it always interrupts, right? It always interrupts. See, I want to flip this a little bit, and I want you to understand here today that the guy standing before you is a pastor by title. The man here before you is a husband by title and a father by title. And all those things are great, but there are some buts in my life that God has healed and mended and worked out that today I can say that I am a man of valor, a man of strength, and I've seen that in my life. And hopefully you could say that too because that's the place of the church. Just because we have buts in our lives, it doesn't remove that we could be men of valor. And when I say men, I'm generalizing this whole thing. Men of valor, commanders people in charge, honorable people, even though we have the but. <laughs> See, when it explained Naaman, it didn't remove the titles that he had. 
It just explained that he had some weaknesses. And it was a physical weakness. And now we're going to dive in and hopefully you leave awed by the Holy Spirit today. Amen. I pray that the Holy Spirit speak to you today as we just dive in here today. So, he was a great man. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this, on this um, uh, verse here. It says that he was a commander of the army and he was the commander of the enemy of Israel. He was honorable, I mean, in the eyes of his master. And I want to talk about that. Because many times we judge people with what we see. And the honest truth is, is that as we get into Naaman's story, you will notice that his vulnerability, his weakness, and his failure that he had to deal with was something that you could not see. And I'm here to tell you today that your eyes will never give you your eyes will never give you absolute truth. It will give you partial truth. Our eyes will place people on a pedestal in the season of their victory. But the reality is this, the but is coming. It's coming. It's just coming. I mean, the patriots were on top of the world for a decade or so. But we look at them today and we realize that... <laughs> He wasn't just a system quarterback. But when we look at people in the peak of their victories, there are seasons of that. Let's not just be quick to label people as kings and queens and great things. Because at the end of the day, you really can't see the truth about them. And I want to let you know that every single person sitting in this room has vulnerabilities, weaknesses, and failures that they will not let you see. But the Word of God says that nothing can be hidden from Him. And that's why I want to talk about exposure. Because God will expose you. So I'm here to tell you today to pray this prayer. Father, allow me to expose myself instead of you exposing me. Because when He does it, He's not a respecter of persons. So, it says that in the eyes of his master, you know, he was a man that was honorable. He was a mighty man. And then it says, of valor, but he was a leper. Let's go to the next verse. As you're taking down notes, it says... And the Syrians had gone out on raids, and I, and I want you to see this because this is going to be awesome, and had brought back a captive young girl. We don't even know her name. It just says that she was a captive young girl, right, from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Now, I, I love this, this part of Scripture because it shows that God allows us to surround ourselves with individuals that will lead us to the place that we need to go, and that is to go see the prophet. And that means the word of God, the presence of God, to go seek God. Now, this girl is a young Jewish girl. She is working with a grown man from, from an army. She, she, is, she is introduced as, as a slave, as a servant. And God uses her to say beautiful words, which is, if Naaman, if my master would only go to Samaria and see the prophet, he would be healed. 
And she wanted to tell him that. But she was fearful, and I get it. Because there are times that it's very hard for us who think that we are higher than or stronger than or more important than others to receive from them. And I'm here to tell you today clearly, no matter what stage of life you're in, you could learn from everybody and anybody. It doesn't matter what title you have how many victories you've won. Here's the deal now. God wants to see if Naaman would humble himself enough to receive a life-changing word from a slave girl. So you may ask yourself, why did God allow the rage? Well, God is in the process of restoring enemies and bringing enemies to their knees, and the only way he could do it is by invading them. And he did that by a young Jewish girl because God's ways aren't our ways. So here's this girl. Now, I believe because of the situation of leprosy, that leprosy had to be something that was kept secret until you cannot any longer. So we, we talk about him being a commander of the army. And in these days, if you remember the story of David, you'll notice that even Saul and every individual who fought had certain armor. And that armor pertained to them. It was their armor. Remember, it did not fit David. It is made for them. It is armor. It covers. It protects. And I want to let you know something today. Just like Naaman, we allow our armors to cover our weaknesses and our victories to define us. And in reality, we have weaknesses underneath it. You might ask yourself, Pastor, what is my armor? What do I use? And I just want to show you the first one. Watch this. You guys ready? Just watch me here. Here we go. This is the first armor that we use. That's a smile. A smile is the armor that protects you from showing the reality that you cry every night. What about ministry and church? That's an armor because you're here at church and you're serving. It's an armor covering something up maybe inside. What about social media and all its filters and all its glory? See it and believe it, right? That kind of stuff. There are certain things that we use to protect ourselves. And we have to understand that if we do not take heed to what is underneath the armor, if we do not take heed at one point or another, it is going to get greater than the armor that you are using. And there is no strength that can keep your weakness quiet enough. Nothing. It will not do it. So today, as we, he as we hear the word of God and we're diving into the word of God, we have to understand that there is nothing that we could use to protect what is deep down inside. The only thing that God wants us to do is to come before him and just reveal who we are and know that God loves us the way we are because that's true love. You know, when you meet the person that you feel is going to be your partner for the rest of your life, that spouse of yours. Look, I truly believe that you have to unveil everything in your life. You have to reveal everything despite how ugly it is and how horrible it is. Because if there's not one person and that's your wife or your husband that you can trust, you can trust nobody. And I thank the Lord, and I don't know if you can thank the Lord, but I thank the Lord for 
the servant girls that God has placed in my life and in Naaman's life, which are people who drive you and lead you to the promise and the glory of God, those individuals, like, I want you to understand that you must have an individual that can see you for who you are and that they want the best for you and that they will lead you to the glory of the Father instead of the opposite way. There are some of us who desire to be cranked. You know, you know the thing, the ding, the ding, the the pa, the 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 jack in the box. We like the thing, the ding, the ding, because we want the pa. You know, it just excites us. But I desire to find the individual who's going to bring peace in my life, and the individual who's going to point me to the right way and say, "Go see the prophet." That's what I want, and I'm here to tell you today. That if you do not have somebody that you can reveal yourself to, right? Because we are people of hiding. That's who we are. If Adam hid, everyone is going to hide. Because Adam had probably one of the greatest intimate relationships that any human being can have. And he failed and he hid. So if he couldn't do it, we can't do it. And what we lead to do is we tend to hide and we try to cover these weak areas. And we say, Lord, we're okay. And you meet somebody in the church and you say, no, I'm perfect. And the reality is, is that there's always something underneath the smile. So when somebody acts a certain way, understand this, that their story, you may not just know it. You just, not, you just may not know the whole story. This servant girl, she portrays something glorious. Like, if I was a servant girl, I would have let Naaman die in leprosy. Tito, would you have let Naaman? I would have let that guy rot with leprosy. If I'm stolen and now I am made a servant, I am taken from my people, I want you to see the heart of this young, this young girl who doesn't even have a name. In the midst of the offense, in the midst of who knows what happened to her parents, she still chooses to give a word. There's so many of us that if the slightest of things happen, we close our ears to the Lord, we shut our eyes to the Lord, and we pout about things. And here is this young lady who is teaching us a valuable lesson here today that despite whatever happens to us, there should be no enemy that we cannot share the love of God with. There should be no areas that we cannot present Christ in because God is greater than all things. Give the Lord a clap offering and help me out this morning. Amen. You know, he will use whatever it takes to prepare you to receive his glory. And here is this young lady, man. Praise the Lord for her. Naaman is in a position where now, and, and as you can, if you want, you can play it behind me, but I'll just keep going here. Naaman is in a position right now where the young girl tells him this. So Naaman has to choose, what am I going to do? Am I going to go see the prophet? Or am I going to continue to hide the spot that I have? Because it's just a spot right now. I'm here to tell you that the only things we could hide are spots. 
Because when those spots start growing, you know, those doors that we open, those doors that we walk through that nobody knows about, and they're just spots. Now they're spots. And now we could hide them. But I'm here to tell you today that the more you give into it, and the more you allow the enemy to have his way, the greater the spot will become. And no longer will you be able to hide it. Now, let's keep on going here. I'm, we're in, what verse are we on here? Then he said to the mistress, yeah, let's go to the next verse here, Rudy, as we read it. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus said the girl, this and this, this is what she told me, who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, go now. Just go now. Go. Go. He says, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Here's the first mistake. Here's the first mistake. The girl said to him, go see the prophet, not go see the king. That's the first problem. But we're not done. And it says, so he departed, and he took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Did the, did the young lady say, go see the king and grab your possessions and go see? Did, 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 did the, the young girl say any of this? Look, we have to understand something that when God wants to work, it's his way or no way. That's just the way it is. And here the king says, I want you to go see the king because that's a normal thing to do. You know, just go see the king because that's, that's the way it should happen. And, and you know what? Naaman said to himself, well, I'm going to give an offering. I'm going to bring some gold and some silver and some clothing. But God doesn't need any of that, nor is that part of the plan. Sometimes we feel that what we do and what we bring to the table will help your healing. And there's nothing we could do to exchange it for God's glory. It is given by choice, not by your actions. Here's Naaman thinking that he's going to pay off a prophet or something. I don't know what he's thinking, but he's, he, he didn't have to take anything with him. That's not the way God wanted to work. I'm going to tell you here today, don't, 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 don't make this Christianity harder than what it is. It is very simple. We make this harder than what it is. This is about a relationship that God wants with his people. And here it is. God, God, God told him, through this young girl, go see the prophet. Go get healed. This is the way it happens. And God has a tremendous plan in the midst of this. And look what he says. Look what it says here. Uh, then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you that you may heal him from leprosy. <laughs> the king is like, hey, 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 wait one second here, time out. Have you ever tried to receive something from a source that can't give it? An area of void in your life that you try to fill it in with someone and they're like, wait, 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 I'm not your dad. Wait, wait. And what about the individual that says, wait, 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 I'm not God. I can't, I can't do that. And there's truth to that. There are certain things that we run to to fill a void or a need or a struggle, vulnerability, weakness, failure, in which it has no power to meet you. None. Because we are people that run to whatever we can to help us out. And I'm just going to be honest. There are many times we skip the order and we leave God for last. Can I get a witness? Can we have some honest people in the house of God? 
Because if you're not honest today, this message is going to go right over your head. There's so many times we don't go through the right order. And forget about putting God first. What about prayer? Let me behave myself because... There are times that we act out before we even seek God. We use terminology like, I felt this was from the Lord. Forget about what you feel. What did God tell you? Because we, we, we miss out on this intimate relationship that God desires with his people. You know, sometimes we're like the Naaman in which we're addicted to performance and we care more about what people see us like than what God sees us like. We want people to see our smiles and our ministries and, and everything that people can see. And in reality, we have the greatest butts in the world. And we're hiding them because we know how to cover them. Because we hide. And today I just want to tell you, come out, man, because God's, God's asking, where are you? Like, come out of, of wherever it is that you're using to hide what you're really going through. Because that's what this story is about. Hiding your problems and hiding what can kill you. <laughs> and running to go see the prophet, running to the, to the throne of God and seeking him where he can be found. Let's keep going. Okay, now, I want you to, to see what happens here. Does anybody know what a trigger is? A trigger? Like something that allows you to remember of something of the past? Now, now, now watch this part here. This is going to be awesome. You could read that. I'm going to talk about it. You guys ready for this? Here he goes. The king looks at him and says, I, I don't know what you're doing here. I'm, I can't figure out what you want. But the only thing that the king connected with Naaman was the fact that Naaman would steal, kill, and destroy his people. And watch this. God creates a beautiful opportunity because the Bible says that I will prepare a banquet table with your enemies. Now here's the enemy sitting right in front of the king. Here it is, God's plan. The enemy is in total need right now. In need. And guess who's going to fill the need? God's people. God was allowing everybody to see that the greatest commander that the enemy had, the one who had all the victory because God allowed it to, is now going to come back, humble himself, and now he's going to honor God's people, and God is going to heal him through his people. He related an amazing opportunity to the past. Because all he could remember is the past, that this guy, when I would see him, I would cry. And all you could see that guy or the person before you is the one who hurt you or the father who abused you or the father who was an alcoholic. And that's all you could see. And when you see something in front of you, you relate it right away and you say, what is this? And God is saying, hold on. This is not something for you to lose it. This is something for you to glorify me in. Even though it had victory in your life before, it does not mean that it's going to have victory now. And we run away from things that trigger our past. Can I get an honest amen? Man, the king is like, what is this guy? Do you want to fight with me? Fight. God is asking you to have faith, not fight. 
He is fearful. Have faith. He lost his faith because of fear of what is before him. I'm here to tell you today that everything that you've gone through, every bad that the enemy has intended, God has turned for good. You guys have heard that already. And if God has changed the bad for good, then let it come again in front of you because now there's going to be a different outcome. When we relate everything to the past, I mean, we grab our very present and we paralyze it. And forget about the future. It doesn't even exist when you can't even move from the very present. Just because it looks like something doesn't mean that the end is going to be just like it used to be. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for that. Amen. So he has a trigger and he really, he really loses it. He really loses it. He, he, he just loses it. I've been in situations in my life where I've lost it. Right? Do I have a friend? You lose it. The very opportunity God has given you. It's right before you and it tests you. And there's two ways to go. You either glorify God or you, you shame him. You know, you just like shame his name and you fail and you. And it's right before you and we have a decision to make. Are we going to use this opportunity for faith? Or are we going to use this opportunity for failure and allow fear to come in? Some of us are facing our greatest battles today. Greatest of battles. But I'm here to tell you today that every opponent and every opportunity that you face is so that God can glorify himself. So let your faith arise. Let your faith arise. Look over to the person next to you and tell them, let your faith arise. A little louder, a little louder so they can wake up. Let's keep going here. And listen to this. The story just keeps on getting better. So it was when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? What does it say? Please and thank you. He says, please. <laughs> like, like, please, king, send him to me. Look at the faith that this man has. You may ask yourself, I want that faith. I, I, I want to be like that. You know, isn't it interesting that there's two people, they both have the same event, but the outcome is different? It's because of the way you handle it. One is not better than the other. It's just that your eyes were on the prophet. I asked myself, Lord, I want that kind of faith. And the Lord says, whoa. You know, a faith to say, please, like, you are asking the enemy to just come before you with leprosy 
in which has never been healed. And the prophet says, please, king, bring him to me. I want that. And if you want that, you could say it. I want that. I want that. Now, this faith didn't just happen overnight. This came from an individual who had an experience with God. An individual who healed the waters at Jericho, who multiplied the willow's oil, who spoke to barren rooms, who resurrected the dead, who dug ditches and saw God fill them with water. And you know what he said to himself? What is leprosy? And there's been times in my life that I have survived. Somebody say survived. survived. Have you ever survived? That means you smell like smoke out of it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's a Spanish song that says, uh, I'll forget it. You got beat up, man, but you made it. You made it through. And there's been times where you, you come to a point in your life where you stand before the Father and you're like, God, I, I barely made this. And God is saying, man, I just, I just did something so good in your life. There were so many moments in Elijah's life where he probably looked at the Lord and said, God, now what do you want me to do? And God did it. And because he did it, now Elijah can do it. You know, God encounters you not so that you could just stay with the encounter, but so that you could lead others to that encounter. You've cried, you've laughed, you've gone through your ups, you've gone through your downs because God is preparing you so that you can lead others to go see the prophet. That's why you have been addicted. That's why you've been hurt, broken. That's why you've gone through everything you've gone in life. You might say to yourself, man, that's true. You've lost, you've gained, but at the end of the day, God is forming you and he is a sovereign God. The worst thing we could do as a church is to hide behind our victories and our glory because that's what armor represents, glory. Because when you wear that, you've won another fight and you could wear it again. But that armor, it's dangerous. Victory is dangerous. Success is dangerous. We love to hide behind it. I'm going to ask uh, somebody to come up here and serenade us this morning. You know, um, as we've heard this word here this morning, I want to ask you here today, what exactly possibly could you be hiding from God? Because in the book of Luke, it says that nothing can be kept away from him. I don't think this is a time to confess publicly, but I think this is a time for you to exercise your intimate relationship with the Father. And the worst thing you could think about here today is to say to yourself, man, this is such a small thing, it does not matter. Because the Bible says that the smallest of holes of the vineyard can ruin the entire vineyard. You know, the enemy sometimes uses trickery and he allows us to succeed and taste goodness in the midst of our small areas. And if there's something that you want to hear today and only today, 
is that God wants all of you. God wants all of you. One of my favorite stories is when Jesus is in the synagogue and he's teaching. And there's a man in the synagogue. And the Bible says that his cloak was over one of his hands. And Jesus says to him, what is it that you need? And he starts just a dialogue with him. And at the end of the day, Jesus looks at him and says, I I don't want that hand. Because he asks him, I'm going to heal your hand. And he takes out the right one, the one that's not healed. And Jesus looks at him and says, I want the one that's underneath the cloak. That's all he wants from us. You may make this about whatever you want. You're complicating this. God just wants us for real. I just tell people all the time, be real with God. No one is exempt from sin. No one's exempt from weakness. No one is exempt from worldly encounters. It's just, it's going to happen. But what cannot happen is that we hide behind our armors. Our families, our homes, things that the world sees. and, And deep down inside, you can't even sleep at night. I've been there. Sometimes I'm still there. Because that's real. It's this relationship thing that we talk about Christianity. Every day we have to go see the prophet. And when I say that, I mean God's presence, God's word, scripture. We can't be people that we go see the prophet when we have a a mark only. We got to go see the prophet. We got to go see the word. We got to go hear the word. We got to do these things every single day of our lives. Because at any given moment, something will appear on you that can take your life. It starts off small. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until the point that you can't control it. And it overtakes you. And now your armor can't cover you. Your smile is not strong enough. The stories on Facebook, they're not believable. This is to encourage you here today. Because you have a father who wants to see you. Naaman goes to Elisha. And he knocks at the door. Elisha doesn't even go to the door. Elisha says, go bathe yourself in our waters. It's really disgusting waters. I think we we went by there when we went to Israel. I'm almost sure we passed by there. It's like mud water. And he loses it. The Bible says that he goes away. He moves away. He went to the prophet, and because something happened, he heard something that he did not like. Instead of going in, he goes away, and that's who we are. People that when we hear things we don't like, we get so bitter and angry that we go away. And it's not that it's not true. I tell my church all the time, if you're angry, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Because we got to preach directly to the things we don't see. Like, we cannot play church. And there's times that we may say things that may hurt or you may get angry, but it doesn't mean it's not of the Lord. And Elijah tells him, go dunk yourself, dip yourself in our water seven times. Go do that. And he got so mad because it wasn't his way. The very miracle is right before him. His leprosy would heal if he would just do it. Do you know how many times I tell people, listen, just listen. This is so easy. And that's what the servant goes and tells Naaman. The servant goes to Naaman and says, Naaman, listen here. Listen clearly. We can leave this place with all our money and all our clothes. I'm just kidding. That's my interpretation. That's, that's what I would have told Naaman. Naaman, we can get out of here. With no, no loss of money, no loss of clothing, Naaman, just do this, man. If it doesn't work, at least you gave it your all. And you could say it didn't work. And that's what I tell you today, that, that, that may not trust God. You're at a position in your life where just do it. Naaman would have rather gone home to die for his ears to fall off and his fingers to fall off than to dunk himself in the waters of his enemies. How stubborn is that? <laughs> right here. Do I, have any, do I have any friends? Thank you. That our minds just, we lose it. Today, as you sit before the presence of the Father, man, he is right in front of you here today. And all it takes for you is to say, Lord, here I am. Have all of me. Because even my vulnerability and my failures and my weaknesses, you can make them glorious. And I wish and I pray that I could just lay hands on you and you just. But it's not going to happen. You need to come to a place, a personal place. That just because it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, you understand that God is sovereign. We talked about a practical way, and now we're going to talk about a spiritual one real quick here. What do you think the spiritual way was? That he got healed? Absolutely not. The spiritual one was when he fought with himself and his will, and he listened to the, to the word, and he turned back. That was the spiritual action. I'm going to ask you guys to stand here with me now. Do you guys know the end of this story? He gets healed. But before he gets healed, the Bible said that he dunked himself seven times, seven times. I'm going to ask you here today before we go. Would your faith lead you to one dunk? And you not see anything? Will your faith take you to the second dunk? With seeing nothing? Will your faith take you to the third dunk? The fourth dunk? The fifth dunk? Without seeing anything? Where would your faith take you to? 
Where? Where would your... Listen, we talk about God blessing us and God doing this and God doing that, but we need the faith for that. We, 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 we have to understand that we need experience and faith. And I'm just asking you a question here. How far will your faith take you? Because that's how far you will receive. What happens? What happens to the people who try so much and their faith took them to the sixth one? And they stop there and they say, God, you're a liar. And all it takes is to be obedient and get to the seventh dunk. <laughs> and when you come out of the waters, it's not a, a slow thing. All of a sudden, you're healed in Jesus' name. All of a sudden, God has done something that only he could do. Because you went to go see the prophet and it wasn't easy. And you stood before the prophet and the words weren't easy. But then you fought with the prophet like we do with the Lord. And then we leave and we're mad and we go off and we go away. And something inside of you like the Holy Spirit says, go back, go back. And something inside of you leads you to go right back to the prophet. And when you get to the prophet again, you go do what he says. You dunk yourself in there. without seeing change you continue to dunk yourself listen today's message is something real personal for you and I'm just going to open up this altar here for you so that if there's an area that God has spoken to you that needs change right an area that you need to just present to the prophet to the word to the Lord to the presence Allow me to be that slave and tell you today, just come up here and do it. The altar is open for you if you need something in your life to just let go of because it's in the way. The altar is open for you as we worship the Lord just this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Have our everything, oh God. Holy Spirit, move with freedom in this house. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit move and it may lead individuals to encounter God today. Let it not be anything that I say or anything that we sing today, but let it just be your Holy Spirit nudging at a heart today moving in a heart today for obedience God have this heart today Lord God if there's anyone else that needs to present an area to the Father before we close off the altar is open here today if you are an individual who is a master of armor you're tired you're sick and tired of just acting this out and what you really are inside is broken and hurt I'm telling you that today will be the greatest day of your life if you just surrender the altar is open for you as well hallelujah thank you father 
we give you glory. Holy Spirit, move with freedom. We give you way in this place. Come on, open up your mouths and start worshiping the Lord here right where you're at. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor, Lord God. There is no one like you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Let's worship him here. I see your actions, says the Lord. I hear your words, says the Lord. But I see your heart. I want that too, says the Lord. I want it fully, says the Lord. I don't want it partially. I want your whole heart, says the Lord today. Jesus. Have our hearts, oh God. Forgive us, Lord, for allowing our hearts to be amused by other things that's not you, Lord God. 
today if you want to surrender to the Lord and just give him your heart the altar's open today just before we go here and that I want to pray with you if that's you here today and that word was for you as God is asking for your whole heart here this morning I want to pray with you today Father, we just want to surrender our hearts to you today, Lord God, our lives. Father, thank you for your word here today. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord God. I pray for those individuals, Lord God, that you spoke directly to their hearts here today, Lord God. And that I pray that this message will transform us and change us for the rest of our lives. I pray that we be a people that seek the prophet at all times, Lord God. I pray that we be a people that when we see something before us, it's just an opportunity, Lord God for your faith, Lord, to grow. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you will do here at The Nest. I pray for a blessing over this church, oh God, that only you could do, Lord Jesus. I pray for the pastors and the leaders of this church that you have called, oh God, that, Lord God, you lead them, instruct them in the ways, oh God, for your kingdom and your glory to build it here on earth, oh God. And that we hide nothing from you, but we reveal all things. Father, we love you, and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name, and together we all say, let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen.